This is a Federal News Network podcast. Asked to picture the universe, most people likely think of an image from NASA's Hubble telescope. This year, Hubble celebrated its 30th anniversary. To commemorate, NASA is releasing a collection of more than 50 newly processed images of the cosmos. For an update on the telescope's future looks, Federal News Network's Eric White spoke with the Hubble program's senior project scientist, Dr. Jennifer Wiseman. We are so happy to be commemorating the 30th anniversary of operations of the Hubble Space Telescope. And so we are releasing 30 new images from the Hubble Space Telescope. In fact, we've already posted them online at nasa.gov Hubble. These are images of everything from distant galaxies to nearby clusters of stars and beautiful nebulae. And they are all objects that are in a catalog of astronomical objects called the Caldwell Catalog. This is a catalog of, of bright objects that uh, if you are a, a, an eager person with your own telescope, you can see some of these yourself. They're bright objects. Um, but Hubble's images, of course, give us much greater detail as we look at these, these beautiful phenomena in space because Hubble has that sharp vision because it's above the Earth's atmosphere. So um, that's how we're celebrating, and we hope that uh, people listening will look up these images and enjoy them. And so what were some of your uh, favorite uh, parts of looking at these images? And um, really, I mean, throughout your, I'm sure you see hundreds of thousands of these over your career. Um, Are there any that uh, stick out to you still? Well, I think... Uh, what strikes me about uh, images like these is how Hubble can actually tease out details, individual stars in very, clou- very crowded uh, star clusters, uh, in these nebulae, these gaseous clouds that fill our galaxy, we can actually see these lit up regions where stars are still forming. When we look at other galaxies, we can see the detail of spiral arms where stars are still forming. We can see bright hot spots where these nebulae, even in other galaxies, are lit up by new stars. And we can see the cores of galaxies that glow with this bright yellow light because there's so many stars that the light just blends together. We can see combinations of bright light from stars and then darker, dusty regions where the dust blocks out some of the light. So I think what really always strikes me when I see images like this from from the Hubble Space Telescope is how active and how beautiful our universe is. I mean, it's it is really telling that we do not live in a stagnant universe. We live in a universe where Stars are still forming. Even in our own solar system, we see activity and changing weather patterns on other planets. Um, We see surprising things, uh, um, such as uh, lately the Hubble has been studying an asteroid and a comet that have originated from outside our solar system and are just passing through. And of these new images we're releasing, I think seeing also the detail of other galaxies and seeing how they are active as well to me, is is very awe-inspiring. And the beauty as well that's revealed by these images just makes me kind of take a breath and say, you know, we live in a really amazing, beautiful universe. And it's it's good to kind of look up on ref- and reflect on that every once in a while. When you think of NASA telescopes, you know, speaking from someone from my age group, but I'm thinking that it's for all, um, 
Hubble is among the most, if not the most famous of the telescope um, programs within NASA. Uh, why do you think that for some reason Hubble has resonated with folks for as long as it has? Well, I think there's several reasons for that. And you ask a good question. One is that Hubble is truly a superb platform for observing the universe because it was put in orbit around the Earth to get it above the clouds, above the Earth's atmosphere. And that enables Hubble to get much sharper images of deep space. We don't have to look through a turbulent atmosphere. Our atmosphere even filters out some types of light that Hubble can see, like ultraviolet light, which tells us even more about uh, distant objects in space. So Hubble truly is a, a fabulous platform for astronomy. And it's fa in fact, it's taught us things that we never would have dreamed of before about the universe. So it's a scientific powerhouse. It's also, I think, a great uh, accomplishment that the astronaut program has been integral to the success of Hubble. So it's really been exciting and dramatic over the years to see Hubble's first deployment by astronauts. And then when it was first launched, there was a problem with Hubble's optics. And so the first return mission of astronauts in 1993 uh, created this drama of, of a repair of something that might have been a disaster for astronomy and for NASA, but instead was turned into a wonderful triumph for that, through that successful repair mission. And then we've had several astronaut missions over the years to keep Hubble improved with new cameras and instruments. So Hubble's been basically refreshed to be a new telescope time and time again by these astronaut missions. And I think that uh, really is exciting for people to watch and take part in and see how the astronaut program and science investigation can go hand in hand. And then finally, I think uh, NASA has just done a wonderful thing by deciding early on that the images from the Hubble Space Telescope would be made easily accessible to the public. And this was even way back before we had the internet so easily uh, uh, usable, um, but NASA was busy trying to make sure that Hubble images were made uh, quickly available and understandable to people uh, around the country and around the world. And we're still doing that. Uh, now the internet has facilitated that so much more, but uh, that has made people be able to enjoy and, and be educated and, and, and blessed by the images and discoveries of Hubble. And also it's made people feel like Hubble is kind of their own eye in the sky, a, a friend, if you will. And so all of those things I think make uh, Hubble, basically a household name. Of course, it's named after astronomer Edwin Hubble, uh, but uh, we all think of Hubble as this, this marvelous eye in the sky, which it is, and we think it will continue to be for quite a few years to come. Yeah, I can remember those pre-internet days. I have many a NASA calendar <laughs> that, uh, that all include <laughs> Hubble images, and uh, we yes. used to get pictures sent to our classrooms. Um, yeah, they really were trying to say, hey, look, there's some cool stuff happening up there. We're speaking with Dr. Jennifer Weissman. She's the senior project scientist for NASA's Hubble Space Telescope. Uh, what is your role um, in the actual project itself, and how did you um, come to that? Well, um, I am something called the Senior Project Scientist. There's several of us uh, who are scientists working within NASA at Goddard Space Flight Center, just north of Washington, um, along with a, a lot of engineers who oversee 
the operations of the Hubble Space Telescope. We also work closely with an organization called the Space Telescope Science Institute in Baltimore that has hundreds of people monitoring the and, and, and managing the daily science work of Hubble, taking in proposals from scientists around the world who want to use the telescope, uh, conducting selection processes by experts who choose the, the best proposals to actually be done with Hubble. It's very competitive. And then making sure that the, the telescope is pointed correctly. That's what our engineers at Goddard Space Flight Center also work very hard on to make sure that we're maintaining as best we can from the ground the, the best use of the science instruments and the things that we need to make Hubble be able to do its science, its gyroscopes, its batteries. I oversee these things from a scientist perspective to make sure that we're making decisions on the way Hubble is, is used and the way that we uh, uh, choose how to allocate the time for it and so forth in a way that brings us the best science return possible. And my favorite part of the job is getting to kind of uh, review and, and express to, to others the, the great uh, new scientific discoveries of Hubble. You know, even Hubble, even being 30 years into its operation, Hubble is providing us uh, kinds of information that we never would have even imagined when Hubble was first designed, like uh, studying the compositions of atmospheres of planets outside our solar system. Back when I was in graduate school, we didn't even know the, of any planets outside of our solar system. They were too hard to detect, but now our telescopes are better. Telescopes other than Hubble are, dis are discovering lots of these exoplanets, and then Hubble will hone in and look at their atmospheres and see what they're made of. We're also using Hubble to refine our understanding of the expansion of the whole universe by looking at distant galaxies and gauging their distances um, and matching that to their apparent velocities as they're being stretched apart from each other with the expansion of space. These kinds of things are going on with, with greater and greater zeal uh, with the Hubble Space Telescope. And, uh, and we're excited about that. We're using Hubble also um, to uh, do things we can't do with other telescopes, like look in ultraviolet light at, at many, many stars. We have a special dedicated program now of looking at stars in ultraviolet light, which we cannot do from the ground and making sure that we're collecting all of these types of observations in a great archive that we'll be able to access for many years to come, even after the Hubble mission ends. And so have you been at the agency since the start of the Hubble program, or does it even uh, precede you? Oh, it des definitely precedes me. So I was in graduate school when the Hubble Space Telescope was launched. And so uh, all of us involved in astronomy were, were quite uh, eager to see what would come of this new space platform for doing astronomy. So we were just as excited as, as were, was the general public at the time. And we watched all the drama as well as, as Hubble was first operated back in 1990 and was, was uh, a bit disappointing at first. It had a, a problem with its optics, something called spherical aberration. But then quite dramatically in 1993, after a lot of effort, and putting heads together to think of how you could address this problem, uh, the first servicing mission with astronauts uh, resolved it by both uh, putting in corrective lenses on Hubble and also putting in uh, new instruments that had corrections built in. And in fact, all of the Hubble instruments installed since then have, have corrections built in for the, uh, the, the, the flaw in Hubble's mirror so that we now get just superb, perfect, 
results from Hubble, and I'm so grateful. I went on to do my own research using different kinds of telescopes, radio telescopes and infrared telescopes, until I joined NASA uh, back in 2003. And I've had different roles within NASA since then, um, all of them either uh, either somewhat related to the Hubble Space Telescope mission or very closely related to the Hubble Space Telescope mission. And for the last 10 years, I've been in this role as senior project scientist for the Hubble Space Telescope mission. And it, it is just such an honor and a delight to work with a mission that's so uh, successful and also just opening our eyes to the kind of amazing universe that we live in. And a bit off subject, but since I have you here, I've got to ask, uh, does watching, did watching the uh, collapse of the Arecibo telescope give you nightmares at all? <laughs> oh, that is uh, just such a sad uh, uh, story uh, um, when we see the Arecibo telescope have this, this uh, uh, accident, if you will, this, this uh, catastrophe may be too strong of a word, but but uh, we've all loved that observatory. It's done phenomenal science. And also people know it because it's just so picturesque as well. It shows up in movies and films and all kinds of things. Uh, so we are disappointed about it. But I will say that this is a, a, a learning opportunity as well. We need different kinds of telescopes working together to help us understand the universe. No telescope on its own gives us all the kinds of information we need. So that's why, even though I'm, of course, a huge fan of the Hubble Space Telescope, we also need these other types of telescopes, both in space and on the ground, to perceive different frequencies of light that Hubble is not sensitive to, or to be able to see different fields of view. Hubble sees a very small field of view, but sometimes you want to see a big swath of the sky. You need to do a survey or things like that. We need other types of telescopes that have those capabilities. So radio telescopes see a type of radiation that the Hubble cannot pick up and vice versa. And we use this type of information and complement um, with each other. So we are sad about Arecibo, but we're also confident that um, we will have the facilities that we need in the coming years because astronomers think ahead. So uh, astronomers working, for example, through um, the National Academies it comes up with a, a a list of basic priorities that for astronomy and astrophysics and the facilities that will be needed in the coming decade or even decades um, every 10 years. And that sets the stage for helping the public and our legislators know what would be the highest priority facilities to fund. And that will include future facilities on the ground um, to do the kinds of work that Arecibo did and more, as well as facilities in space. And finishing up here, uh, you know, Hubble Space Telescope, uh, sorry, Hubble Space Telescope, uh, do you think it has another 30 years and what does the future hold for it? Well, uh, we are just very pleased that the servicing missions for Hubble have all gone so well that the last one we did with the space shuttle was in 2009, which is now seeming quite a long time ago, but they did a fabulous job as well as all the people on the ground preparing the new instruments and things for Hubble. So Hubble is in good technical shape. We've got a crew of experts that are monitoring it 24-7 uh, to make sure that we're using it in the best possible way, addressing anything we can from the ground if issues come up. We feel like it's healthy enough that Hubble will keep providing good science for hopefully throughout uh, much of this decade and maybe beyond. 
And that's good news uh, for science because uh, Hubble is at the peak of its scientific return right now. It's answering very important questions we have about our solar system as well as the universe as a whole. And it will also complement upcoming telescopes like the James Webb Space Telescope, which is due to launch the end of next year. Webb will be an infrared telescope. It will be a powerhouse able to see deep into the infrared part of the spectrum where Hubble cannot see, but Hubble will see visible and ultraviolet light that the Webb telescope cannot see. So it, together, these telescopes will tell us information that we would never have with either facility on its own about very distant galaxies uh, that's really like looking very far back in time, as well as looking into these uh, regions in our own galaxy where stars and planets are still forming, sometimes hidden behind that and within vast clouds of dust and gas. We use Hubble also in complement with probes like the Juno probe that's at Jupiter now. Hubble is looking at Jupiter as a whole and complementing the observations from the probe that's orbiting Jupiter close in to give us a better understanding of our solar system. So I have, uh, I'm very optimistic for Hubble's future. And I think uh, you will be too, if, if, if your listeners can look at these new images that we've just released to celebrate Hubble's 30th birthday, 30 new images from Hubble from the Caldwell catalog. And you can see them at nasa.gov slash Hubble. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.